All right, so today I want to take a closer look at Qualcomm ticker QCOM. Uh, this is definitely a, a favorite, I want to say, in the semiconductor industry. Definitely pretty popular. Unfortunately, the stock right now is down roughly 8.3% in the past five days. Year to date, the stock is actually down. I want to say there's not many semiconductor companies out right now that are down on a year to date basis, uh, but Qualcomm is definitely one of the few. And there are a few reports or news that are affecting the company. One, majors obviously the huawei um news that is kind of impacting the overall stock we're going to cover it uh, but there's a lot to talk about here so i hope you guys enjoy the channel if this is your first time here my name is jose naharo i do have a master's degree in electrical engineering i've worked at some pretty cool places and i pretty much do research on semiconductor news on a daily basis so this is the best place that you can find any semiconductor news so make sure to hit that thumbs up and the subscribe button uh so let's get started so all right, so the first news that I want to say is really impacting the Qualcomm in general is this Huawei. Uh, they did announce a new phone, the Mat 60 Pro, and this Mat 60 Pro comes with two interesting components. It comes with the 7 nanometer processor um, made by actually um, designed by uh, Huawei and kind of manufactured by SMIC, um, which is a semiconductor manufacturing in China. Um, and that's pretty interesting within itself because 7 nanometer is something kind of considered advanced advanced semiconductor nodes and advanced semiconductor nodes can only in theory be made or many believe that it can only be made using uh, a special machine and we're going to talk about that in a bit but the other thing that comes in here is this phone also comes with a 5g chip um and again so these are two components that qualcomm makes um and huawei is a customer of qualcomm right they've in, in some other phones they use um qualcomm's kind of uh processors the snapdragons and in some of their phones they use the 4g they've never had licensing for huawei's 5g uh, 5g but they've been selling 4g products to them right so um, we can definitely see this kind of increased competition here and kind of the not need to go out there and purchase products from Qualcomm. So that's one of the main reasons in the top level that's really causing the stock price to drop. I mean, we see this report here that kind of talks that Huawei purchases roughly 40 to 42 million chipsets from Qualcomm in 2023. And obviously the new developments on these new system on chips, these 5G products and these other kind of processors as well um, will also will kind of reduce the necessity for Qualcomm. So right off the bat, that's the thing. But now what I want to do is take a closer look at the 7 nanometer chip. And this is a lot of discussion that's happening here in the semiconductor industry. Like I mentioned, to make 7 nanometer processors, most people believe that you need an EUV machine. And these are the kind of uh, these are lithography machines used to kind of design these advanced chips. EUVs, in theory, um, because of restrictions, uh, restrictions, uh, export restrictions, have never been sold to China, right? So ASML, the only main player here in the EUV market, can't send their chips, their their EUV machines to China. So in theory, Huawei, with the normal beliefs that no one can create. Um, these seven nanometer processors. So all of this is kind of creating a lot of tensions between the United States and China, kind of discussions if these regulations and export restrictions are really impacting the, are, are, are really impactive, impactful at all. Um, but we're seeing now that, hey, look, they created the seven nanometer. Luckily for us investors, ASML was actually at a conference a few days ago. I believe this was on September 5th. Um, they were at a Goldman Sachs conference 
And there was a question by an unidentified analyst that goes, hey, look, there's a lot of discussions out there about the 7 nanometer processor coming out of China. How is this possible in theory if they don't really have the kind of um, ability to use EUV machines? Now, before we go any further, guys, I do want to say thank you for the support. We just hit 27.8 subs. I'm trying to hit 30,000 by the end of the year, so every 100 helps. So if you haven't subscribed, make sure to hit the sub button. If you have subscribed, make sure to hit the thumbs up, and let me know in the comments below what are some of your favorite semiconductor news out right now. If you want a weekly exclusive video, I do have a semiconductor membership program. I do have a master's degree in electrical engineering. I worked at a pretty cool... I worked at some pretty cool excuse me, innovative places before doing this YouTube. And obviously you guys know I do my research in the semiconductor market. So if you want to learn more, click join. If you want a special offer, check out fool.com slash Jose. For a free newsletter, check out josenaharo.substack.com. And for more semiconductor news, check out semiconductorwatch.com. And finally, finally, I want to thank The Motley Fool for sponsoring this video. And check out fool.com slash Jose for the 10 best stocks to buy now. With that link, you get a promotional offer for their subscription service. Now, let's continue with today's episode. And ASML's uh, VP of IR kind of discussed that, hey, look, prior to EUV machines, there were a few manufacturers, semiconductor manufacturers, that were actually able to create seven nanometers using DUV, deep ultraviolet. The main reason that most manufacturing players use EUV instead of DUV for um, 7 nanometers is for DUV you need to do multiple pattern technique and with the multiple pattern technique you kind of increase the complexity of the process and obviously increasing the complexity of a process can kind of increase the cost and also reduce the yield so what made sense for a lot of manufacturing companies is hey look we want to reduce that kind of complexity and EUV you reduce tons and tons of that complexity and increase the overall yield. So that's why a lot of the 7 nanometer products that we have right now are usually meant through EUV because that is um, the most cost efficient. Now, in China, right, in theory, they do not have any EUV machines there, and they're only able to use DUVs, but it is completely, completely possible being done with multi-pattern multi-pattern technique, right? So it is possible. So that should be kind of taken off the bat. The only real issue here, though, is there is a big kind of complexity, uh, complexity, and in my opinion, high, uh, lower yields and increased costs. This would normally, in my opinion, be a big impact if it was maybe an American company or, or someplace else. But I do believe in China, because of these huge tensions happening right now, it, it, it is very possible that the Chinese government is probably subsidizing a lot of these semiconductor manufacturing companies in China and saying, hey, look, if you're able to create seven nanometer chips and using kind of this multi-pattern technique, even if it costs you more money, we're going to subsidize it because we want to show to the world that, hey, look, even with all these restrictions that we're getting right now, we're still able to move forward. So I do believe right now this is definitely possible with a lot of kind of Chinese government subsidies. If it was just kind of uh, open market, and obviously uh, a lot to say here, um, but if it was more just for cost and price point, then I don't think this would be a big deal. But I do believe here the creation of these seven nanometer chips 
most likely have some backing by the Chinese government, which can definitely make it a competition, right? If it was just a regular company and they were producing these chips with low margin, with low yields and higher cost, then obviously, in theory, that company should go bankrupt in no time. But um, with the backing of a government, then that is a different story. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing I mentioned was the 5G modem phone. Uh, my, f- the 5G modem chip found in the phone as well was made by Huawei. Um, and this is something that, again, impacts Qualcomm um, because they do sell their 4G modems to uh, this company. But if we do take a closer look at kind of Qualcomm's most recent earnings, they did kind of mention a little bit um, before they ended their earnings call. They mentioned that, hey, maybe the last comment I'll say is our forecast for September and December quarter does not assume no material revenues from Huawei. As you are aware, we have a 4G license for shipping into Huawei. We do not have a 5G license and we are not assuming any material revenue going forward. So hopefully that covers all the different parts. Uh, So I do believe when it comes to the 5G, the market, uh, uh, Qualcomm understood that, hey, that wasn't a market opportunity. And the future, they didn't really kind of have any material revenues coming from this company. I do believe the biggest the biggest question here was more that kind of the seven nanometer chip. Um, and like we saw from ASML, it's definitely possible. Um, but I, I, I don't know. This is something that can definitely be a risk for Qualcomm, especially as the company does depend a lot of revenue from the mobile and handset market. Um, on the other hand, though, this is a company that is also expanding into other industries, right? Uh, and, and those industries might be small right now, um, but obviously can provide kind of a, a, an opportunity for this company to diversify outside of the mobile business. Now, the second thing I want to talk about is there are reports that Apple is being, Apple's phones are being banned by uh, certain Chinese companies, mainly in the government side, right? Mainly in kind of uh, state-backed firms and and a lot of state-based industries there. So, that is also causing some fear for Qualcomm uh, because Apple is a purchase a purchaser of some of Qualcomm chips as well. Uh, so there, uh, this is kind of fearing that hey, look, wait, right now. Qualcomm is getting increased competition from Huawei. Uh, Huawei is also going to probably buy less chips from Qualcomm because they can make their own chips or they can get someone to make their own chips. And then also Apple, who is a nice customer of Qualcomm, is kind of getting some banned reports happening in China. Right now, it's mainly on kind of the government side of of China. Uh, But still, what if those rules get even stricter? Then that probably means that demand for Apple phones in China will decrease. So obviously, it will decrease the the purchasing from Apple to Qualcomm, right? So a lot of things are impacting Qualcomm right now, coming off all at at the wrong time and all coming over there from China at the moment. The final thing I want to take a closer look at is China in forms of revenue. There are also a lot of discussions that, hey, look, China makes up a big portion of Qualcomm's total revenue. We can see in 2022, roughly 28 billion out of the 44 billion. So more than 50 percent of the company's total revenue comes from China. Uh, but that is something uh, and this is something I'm hearing a lot on Twitter right now. But it's something important to understand that. They do mention that, for example, China revenue could include revenues related to shipments of integrated circuits for a company 
that is headquartered in South Korea, but the manufactured device in China, which devices are then sold to cus- consumers in Europe and or United States. Uh, so it's not like, hey, that chi- that's where kind of these chips are being built, sent to, to kind of produce the final product, but then that final product is being sent to other places out there. Right? You might see United States is so small, but we, we know that, hey, look, probably most of Samsung products or Samsung products are being sent to China to be built. And then those Samsung products are being sent out to other places around the world to be sold. Uh, so I don't believe this China exposure when you take a closer look at revenue is necessarily a, a red flag. If there's any time, I don't think the manufacturing companies are going to be impacted by this at all. And if they do, they'll probably just move it to some other place in, in Asia where, where there might be also cheap labor. So I don't think this China exposure is something to be completely worried about when we take a closer look at these top level numbers. Uh, But there's a lot impacting the stock right now. I personally believe this is the moment where where the stock starts to get really, really scary, right? We can see stock price year to date. The stock has barely moved. In the past year, the stock is down roughly 20%. Um, in, in my opinion, oper- this is when the market is getting very fearful and rightfully so, right? We saw the numerous uh, news that have come out. Now, this is the time when investors need to think and say, hey, look, are these risks that I'm seeing worth my investments right now? If the company is able to turn around this and this is pretty much noise to some extent, then I do believe Qualcomm can definitely be a strong player in the long term. I am an investor of Qualcomm and I do believe they have numerous growth opportunities. I personally believe in the short term, there's a lot more risk that can definitely make the stock a little bit more volatile. But if they do expand into these different industries that they are planning to expand to uh, and they do it pretty good, then I do believe these are prices that can be uh, some form of uh, of a gift to investors. But again, every investor has different risk tolerance for this. For for some, this might be too risky at the moment, and that's completely understandable. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Take care. Have a good day, and see you next time.